The following is a fourth hand production. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming in. Let's hope that everybody's extra sad tonight. Uh, no, uh, hey, welcome to Sad Times. Uh, I want to uh, kind of explain the show to you if you haven't been here before. Uh, basically, uh, we, I bring a guest on every week, which I'll be introducing here in a moment. And, uh, I talk with the guest about what he or she is like when he or she is sad. What is she like when, um, how does she deal with sadness? How does she deal when other people are sad? Maybe her family, maybe people who, uh, she's close to things of that nature, because I think it's really important to have a dialogue, at least a little bit about how. We are when we are sad or, or anxious or, or upset because everybody goes through it. I don't care who you are all the time. And um, I think if we were just a little more aware of what people go through, we could be a little more empathetic, I think. Uh, that's my hope, at least. And uh, be a little more aware that, hey, maybe that person has their own struggle just as I have my struggle and maybe I'm not going to be quick to judgment. So that's kind of what we're doing today. Speaking of... Um, I'm uh, starting in here with my dear friend, Lauren. Lauren is here. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Kevin. How are you? <laughs> are you okay? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, well, you're, you know, you're sad. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yes. Uh, no, I... I uh, wouldn't lead with sadness, though I lead into it. What does that mean? Um, I am somebody who, who likes to be sad uh, at times. Like, 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 like times you can control? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, like, I might want to go home after a stressful day or even a non-stressful day and listen to some of my favorite sad music and open up a bottle of wine and just contemplate. Red or white? Red. Always red, right? Always red. Well, no, so not in the summer. Not in the You like a white in the summer? Oh, well, yeah, because it's hot. It gets hot in Chicago? I'm yes. waiting on that shit. No, oh, yeah, it was... Well, that makes me sad. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, the, the beautiful weather, weather makes that we had sad. on Monday and Tuesday, and uh, we had—I I was hailed on. Yeah, yesterday. me too. I was just going to get my New New Orleans kitchen food, and I was hailed on. That made <laughs> me sad. So I have to ask you. Yes. You said you lean in sadness. Does do. that just mean go home, have some wine, listen to some sad music, or is there other ways that you do that? Um, that's usually my go-to. Um, if I am sad, I will find ways to just embrace it. Um, because I know that sadness is like a natural emotion. It's my body telling me something. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't. I don't want to rush it. And it's that's... an opportunity to like check in with myself. And I think oftentimes we try to rush through like two results. Yes. Um, and so if I'm sad for something, I try to, or because of something, I want to allow myself to be sad. So do you try to? By by playing that other that music or, or drinking that depressant that yeah. wine, do you think that that you're trying to elongate it or trying to enhance it? I I think I want to enhance it. Okay, you know I so my brother and I talk about this a lot. So I have a couple of siblings, mm-hmm. and uh, we talk about this thing of like finding yourself in a music video, right? In a music video, okay, emotions tend to feel really epic and really important. Um, like I'm. I don't know the last time I've ever thought of like Hoobastank. Do you remember Hoobastank? Oh yeah. 
Uh, what is the song? The purpose or the yeah? It's yeah. Some, I, I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could try to say, but that song feels so epic, and I think that's the one where they're like going back in time and mm-hmm. like not. And you watch these music videos, and you know, things feel really heavy. Things feel really important, and oftentimes I don't have those things. My brother and I like, oh yeah, it's like finding yourself in a music video. Yeah. Or he and I were once going through parallel breakups. And we would listen to a lot of country music and we'd send oh. each other text messages because country music's are old music, country music. Sad so as sad. And what we would do is we would send each other text messages of like this song followed by this song followed by this song came on on Pandora today. And I just don't know what to do. It's like a cultivated list, right? Yes. It's like you go to um, you go to dinner and you say, oh, this wine pairs well with this. Yeah. Oh, you're going through a breakup. These songs pair yes. well with that. Yes. Right. So, um, or like go, there's, go there's this song right now. Like I've been listening to a lot of pop music because mm-hmm. of, we were talking about the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, do you listen to Carly Rae Jepsen? She's the, I know like, the Call Me, Me Maybe. Maybe song. Yeah, 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 yeah. She has a song called Your Type, and it's all about I'm not the type of girl for you. I'm not, and I'm in a happy, healthy relationship. And yet, that is the song that I will at work if I'm by myself is my go to for no, like, it's not because I like the beat. I, there's something about like, unrequited love that is just naturally calling towards me. So, yeah. And you and I have talked about this before too, because that's definitely been some of my saddest times where I really, as you say, lean into it, especially if I'm like, I, Oh God, I have such feelings for this person and they don't know I exist. There's something to embrace there. And, and it's, you kind of, it can be a little scary because you can go a little bit too far with it. Right. At least I have. And then you just get real depressed. And uh, when I get depressed, I'm, I'm a tough person to be around. It makes me anxious. Mm-hmm. I tend to get angrier quicker mm-hmm. because I feel like I don't have control of things. Yeah. So it, with unrequited love, if you, let's say you had a crush on, on someone, what would you do? Would you go home, put on the sad music? And did people notice that you were sad because of that? Well, there's a difference from leaning into sadness and performative sadness. So, and it took years of therapy for me to understand this. So being a queer person, um, having uh, crushes on other women in high school or in college, um, unrequited love was something that always felt so familiar. Yeah. And were, I, may I ask, were you out in high school? I was not out in high school, okay. but I did have a secret girlfriend. I, I, I think I was uh, covering it up pretty well. Yeah. Um, I don't think but your I, family. Oh, they, my family knew my yeah, family. Knew. Okay, your family. Um, my family knew, but my, I was not out to my peers, even though I was captain of the golf team. Uh, <laughs> and I was, uh, in softball and all of those. You were things. the captain of the golf team. Damn right. I was. Uh, there, there's a reason to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm more sad because of my par. I'm yeah. terrible now. Oh, this is timely. Yeah. Okay, so okay. you you had crushes on on girls, yeah, and, and and you know I used to be like um, a safe person to flirt with, um, and so in college it often felt like you know friends would flirt with me and like oh Lou if I was I would absolutely choose you absolutely choose you absolutely choose the friend zone you. the friend zone which is fine there's nothing wrong with being in the friend zone um, that like you we have to tell like teach people that like if you are lucky enough to be somebody's friend that's a great place to be it's true um so we shouldn't take that for granted and the end goal shouldn't be always romance 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 but isn't it a bit cloying when yes i'm blessed to have a lot of friends as are you but if you want to be with that person 
And they're like, oh, you're just, you're like my brother or you're like my yeah. sister. Well, certainly, does it suck? Yeah, it yes. sucks. Um, but we have to t- stop treating it like a consolation prize. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah that's well said. Yeah. Um, so the, but what I would do in college um, is I used to lash out. I would be so angry if somebody who would flirt with me at a party or, um, you know, they'd want to kiss at, at this thing. And then two weeks later, it's, they're no longer interested because they were in, 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 in undoubtedly straight yeah. uh, as most of the women on Purdue's campus were, um, <laughs> I would be so angry. And I used to have what I called angry thumbs, angry thumbs. What does that mean? I would send hurtful, hateful text messages. And that's largely... To the people? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I thought that, well, you know, if you're going to hurt me and you're going to make me feel sad, the only way for me to cope with this is to make you feel sad and to hurt you. Were you that explicit about it or was it something totally different? What do you mean? So would you say you, you, more like you hurt my feelings now, I think you're fat or whatever it is. Would you say, or would you just say something totally unrelated would, and they'd be large, like, where's this coming? From? No, no, it would largely be rooted in like, you are taking advantage of me, but not in so kind words. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I think a lot of that, it stems from healthy conflict resolution. Um, not being out in high school meant that my first big breakup um, was done in secret. And how old were you? I was 16. 16. And how long had you been with the person? Uh, well, I was actually 17 when we broke up, um, almost a year, almost a year. But when, um, my high school girlfriend's mom found out, uh, she, she transferred her to a different school. And Just her, because she had been dating a woman. Yeah. She thought that would solve it. Yes. But apparently it did because she too is straight. Oh, she's straight. <laughs> oh, I have a long line of, uh, you turn not the- a long line of straight women, but there are straight women in my past. But were, what did is you sexuality? Is uh, that what we're going to talk about? No. no. Sexuality to me is sadness, man. Right there. No. Uh, thank you. Um, so uh, uh, for when you had that breakout, did yeah. you initiate it? Did she? She initiated it. And that's large. I mean, so we were, you know, secret girlfriends. Um, I guess not secret enough because because her mom did find out. Yeah. When her mom found out, her, she would uh, follow me to school. Um, the mom would yeah she would school. wait in the school parking lot and she or and i pull in and she would circle my car a couple of times and what? she would follow me into the school um it's amazing that i'm okay with the sound of heels clicking because i could hear them down the hallway and it wasn't until and, and my mom very much intervened uh so yeah. my mom my mom once saw her at the Strachan van till which is our family grocery store <laughs> And my mom followed her mom for miles. And because my mom was like, if you ever, ever follow my daughter to school again. Yeah. Like not only would there be like a restraining order, but my mom, my mom is a fiery temper. And, uh, you know, she's kind of like, you don't get too close to goslings. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, because you, the, the mama goose. And you're the second oldest. I am. I have an older sister who's 11 years older than me. Okay. Yeah. So, so when that, when that happened, there, that was mourning a loss at first when my high school girlfriend was taken to another school. Um, did you guys still, we kept, we kept into, I mean, cause she t- it's not like she moved her to another state. She moved her to a fancier school than the one that in the I same attended, town. um, in the same uh, area. Okay. Yeah. Did you feel when the mom was 
doing that creepy motherfucking thing where she was following you around? Did you feel a guilt? Did you feel like there's something wrong with me? Why, why are you singling me out? Did I do something wrong? Oh, no. I, I know why she was singling me out. She was singling me out because I was having sex with her daughter. Like, and she was pissed. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, and she, she found out and that was something that like, I mean, there, they can think of a couple of moms that would have been very upset with that. But the thing is, is, you know, she liked me so much up until, um, the mom, liked up until so she caught me and Natalie tickling each other, um, tickling each other, man. I, I mean, I don't know what direction we want to go with that, but, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, Doesn't so matter. But like that's I, how so, she found out. But I think my first like uh, um, real sadness is her taking my high school partner, 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 girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, to another school, and then several months later, because uh, it's an unsustainable partner relationship. Yeah, we're you know juniors in high school and we're separate. Like of course it failed. Um, Did you find yourself? Um, with that, were you devastated? devastated? So did your schooling suffer? Well, my, my schooling suffered the first time I kissed, kissed a girl. I no longer was, um, did you like it? Taste of her cherry chapstick. Sorry. Katy Perry. Yeah. You want to talk about something that makes me sad? It's not Katy Perry, but it is that song. And that song is largely because like all of the sudden, not that, women weren't already ornaments at college parties, but this, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Like that came out when I was in college and all of a sudden everybody wanted to play it. And like, who the, who, the, who did they want to make out with? Like the closest lesbian, which on a campus that has like 11 of them, I was usually the one. And like, and that's another thing that really messes with, it messes with you. Like think of all, think of the folks have people wanted to make out with you. No. No, they haven't. Okay. How does that make you feel? Sad. Wow, you really turned it around on me, didn't you? Sadness. Turns out it's universal. Anyway, that song made made, uh, party favors, and I didn't want to be anybody's party favor in college. That is totally understandable. That song came out when you were in college. Yeah, I am younger than you. Yes. So is half the world. Um, so you were devastated in high school. But also couldn't, I mean, everybody at, so here's an interesting thing that happened in high school. I, I was at that time really um, mourning my first breakup. None of, none of my friends knew why not, um, why my, why my girlfriend or why this person who was such an active partner school was all of a sudden transferred. And they didn't know why you were sad? No. Did they no. just think you were sad because your friend left? Yeah, I mean, because we were pretty inseparable. Yeah. Every, you know, every weekend we were at each other's houses. We were, um, you know, I'd pick her up from school and take her place. And it's like, but the year later in drama class where all sad things happen. Um, yeah, sad mask. Sad mask. Half of it sad. Thank you, yes. Um, we were tasked with writing monologues uh-huh. and a student in that my monologue class wrote his monologue about my situation with Natalie. God, I keep saying her name. I don't think she. It's no. Natalie Merchant. It's Natalie Merchant. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. That whole Tiger She's Lily so album kind of about generous. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah right? um, but uh, he wrote a monologue beca- about a hypothesis that he had, that the reason why my girlfriend had gotten transferred was because we were in a secret relationship. And the reason why I was sad was because she was gone. How did you react to that? Was pissed. Yeah. And also really sad. Um, and he had no idea. This was like literally his hypothesis. Yeah. And he did this in front of the whole class. He did this in front of the class. Luckily, it was drama class, names? which meant there were nine people. Nine sad people, uh, who were who all though they all went on to make tons of money. Yeah, yeah. They're all m- m- millionaires. They're millionaires. Very but did he use your name? He did not use my name. No, but he performed. Were uh, you boring? No, no, no. Because okay. it was a monologue from his own perspective that you would perform. So, for instance, I did a monologue. Because there was a lot of sadness. There's a lot of people that want to just kick this dude's ass. Good. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. So he wrote this monologue. He makes one of them. And he, the whole, and the, and, and he also adopt, like adopted a gay person, not personality, but a gay persona where he was like, it was his male, like his best dude friend that he was in love with. And he got taken away from him. And I'm sitting there and I had just done this monologue where I was confronting my aunt for um, my, my grandmother had passed away and in real life, in real life. Okay. And so I had used this monologue, the monologue that I had written about was when my, when my grandmother passed away, my aunt was on vacation and she was like, well, we're going to finish up vacation before we come, can, come back. Can you wait to bury her? And I remember <sighs> just being shocked by this. Because I think about my relationship to my mother, and I'm like, how, how are you, how are you have your mom sitting on ice while you're up in, in Disneyland? Yeah, that's. Um, so that was my monologue. So I get done doing this yeah. monologue, which is terribly written. Like it's not, it's not a good monologue. But did you feel really strongly about it? And you oh, felt really my, emotional did I, with it. You know, I set the scene of yeah. me fake drinking coffee at the funeral home. Fake and drinking. Well, I don't. Were you doing coffee. some object work? No, I had a glass oh, okay. of water, and I'm sitting there in this. Mo- you know, I've set the table up that it's you know where you go get the the sweets and coffee at uh-huh. a funeral, yeah. right? And that's where I'm sitting, and you have somebody in class come in and sit down, and that's who you deliver the monologue to. So I just done that, and I'm back oh. in my seat, and then I'm watching this other classmate do this monologue that was about. My situation, yeah, and what is a very painful, painful time because her mom loved me. I was tutoring her in math, even though I'm very bad at math. Um, we were it, like we were in the plays together. I was also a, a likable person, like I was a popular person, so she was happy that like, oh, we were such close friends. Mm-hmm. And then, so like, not only like so having it that all of that just like reopened, and also the the fear of like. Oh, somebody's going to know my secret, my not so secret secret. And oh god, all of that is born. Did you confront him afterwards? Yes. You did. What yes. did you say to him? Um, well, the thing that did I you kick his ass like everybody wants. <laughs> I wish I had. Oh, okay, I wish I had. Um, the The biggest thing for me and was the how did you know? Um, okay, because a couple. So my family just recently found out about my first, my first bout of unrequited love, which was pre, um, this pre person. Okay. Yeah. But it was my first crush on a girl. 
Uh-huh. And she was the lead in Hello Dolly. And <laughs> I was Ernestina Money. And I would take her home from school. And I was so convinced. I was so convinced that like... Wait, sorry. You'd give her a ride I'd home. I'd give her a ride home from school okay. or from rehearsal. And she had been... She had been like dating this other girl in, in college. Or not in college. This other girl in high school who was a year older. And who was out and who was proud. And she had like tattoos. And she played acoustic guitar. And every, I mean, and I, I hated this girl because she was out. And she was proud. And she was proud. And she was, is that and what you wanted to of be? Of course. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. wanted yeah. to be out, but I was too much of a coward to be out. I never, I, it took me a long time to, um, to find my own identity. I spent so much in college being really proud that you didn't know I was gay until you knew I was gay. I never wanted to be a hundred footer. I never wanted What's 100 footer? somebody you know is gay a hundred feet away, which I am now. Yeah. Very. <laughs> <clears throat> what? Well, but like when you met me. Actually, I didn't know you were gay. Right. right because I was yeah. still performing straight. I used to, it was like, yeah, nobody knows until they know. Yeah. Um, but with this person who was a year Phyllis Diller. Phyllis Diller played uh, Hello Dolly. No, maybe. I don't know. No, I'm thinking of Carol Channing. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so. Uh, but they they had had a public breakup because this person um, uh, that was older, the the junior when we were both sophomores, like went through her friend group so quickly, so quickly. And so I thought, well, if Kate, I'm going to call her Kate, knew that I liked her, then she like she would forget all about um, Michelle, the older oh. girl. Yeah. Michelle. Uh, Michelle. Michelle's the tatted and so, up one. And so, yeah, the tatted up one who plays acoustic guitar and every person loves Real her. Real quick, was this also Natalie Merchant? It's all Natalie Merchant. Yeah, okay. That's, um, I think that's the moral of the story. Yeah. And so I we're in rehearsal for Hello, Dolly! over Valentine's Day weekend, and I convince myself that I'm going to ask Kate out. Okay. And so I bring a gas station rose. Did you stop on the way to rehearsal? You're damn and right get the I rose? did. Yeah. Well, of course, because yeah. also I was not out to my parents yet, but I was going to risk all of this for Kate because she was the lead in Hello Dolly and she smoked cigarettes. I thought she was the coolest. Um, and Phyllis so, Dillis. What are what? you yelling about? Somebody's just writing Phyllis Dillis. Phyllis Dillis, biggest dickest. Okay, so you you get and this so, beautiful natural and so, rose, and so I wait for break. Uh, at rehearsal. At rehearsal. And I ask her to if we can have a conversation in my car. And I've strategically placed... In your car? Well, I didn't know where else to have this conversation. Were you as were you guys going to be sitting as close as we are now? Did she sit on the rose? Well, yes. So, and oh, I no. had to be like, I'm no. sorry, that, uh, that's for you. And oh. she was so confused. And I said, would you like to... I was wondering if you'd like to go out with me. And she said no. And then I asked her if she would not tell anyone um, because not only had I been rejected, but I also wasn't out. And the first person she told was Michelle. And then Michelle told the other girls on the, on the junior softball team or the varsity softball team. And I got confronted on the softball bus about whether or not I was gay. How long after? Oh, that was the next week, like Monday. So, so I was like, like she wasted, I, I can only imagine that like she went home and called Michelle and like, so I'm on the way home from a softball game and I get on the bus and this other girl comes up and is like, I hear you're, I hear you're a dyke. And of course I was like, 
just devastated. Um, and the way that I played it off was like, well, Michelle, cause she's like, well, Michelle heard that from Kate. I was like, well, they smoke pot. So they clearly don't know what they're talking about. That was the best argument I could come up with. That's pretty good, though. Yeah. So one. Yeah. Like, she could have, like, picked any other word. She used dyke. Yes. And two. I hear you're a dyke. Boy. She was a boy. Yeah. Get out of my house if you're not cool with smoking weed. <laughs> no, 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 no. Totally. Totally. No, no. That's listen, we're talking about 16-year-old, not a rule breaker. Hey, can woman. I yeah, can I yeah. Can I say something too? That I, uh, just a quick story yeah. on that is uh, I was in the marching band and uh when I was a senior I played the tuba. Yeah. It was about the same size as me at the time. And uh a guy uh who I was friends with I found out he smoked pot, and we were in in parade formation, about to go out to do a parade, like a like a Christmas Day parade or something. And I walked down the line. I walked in my full marching band uniform with the hat on, and I got in his face, and I said, "Is it true? Is it true that you smoke pot? You tell me." And he's like looking at me like, "What the fuck, man?" And I, so I, I get it. Yeah. I was real upset about that shit, yeah. and I can understand. I would say something like that too. Well, and I was trying to play off like they must have heard it wrong, or they must be th- they must be confusing me with somebody else. Okay, so you're compounded here, so right? Yeah. Th- these two things are coming together. Yeah. That sounds that makes me so sad because I've had situations like that, and I think a lot of people have, where you try to ask somebody out, you try to broach that subject, and they are confused. Yeah. And then it's that's just mortifying. And it compounds the sadness. And then you say, please don't tell anybody. That breaks my heart to yeah. do that. Uh, because I've never had to live with that. I've never had to say, please don't tell anybody I'm straight. Uh, right. That's awful. Yeah. And then she just went and told people. Well, she w- and also. Did she keep also, the rose? Yeah, because I was like, you can take the rose. And what oh. she did for the rest of rehearsal that day, because we had like a long Saturday rehearsal, is she would take the rose and rub it against her fucking face. Was she like, looking at you while doing it? I just, I, uh, it was terrible. She just. Did you cry? Yes, I cried. I did not. I don't believe I drove her home that night. Well, and good. I, I, yes. So she probably didn't ask. Uh-huh. Um, she's probably already figuring out a way to tell Michelle. Maybe Michelle came but and she just would up. just like sit there. Oh, Dolly never had a rose. Yeah. S- slapping no against her face. Oh, it was terrible. And of course, everybody was like, where'd the rose come from? And she, well, I can't tell you that. Uh, okay, Everybody. so I have to ask you, kind of going back on what we talked about earlier. You yeah. mentioned your mom, yes, and you mentioned uh, that great story about your mom following yes, this, yeah, this crazy yeah. high heeled woman, uh, yeah, serial yeah. mom. Um, are you close with your mom now? Yes. And uh, your parents, they're still married. Yes, thirty nine years. They've been married thirty nine years. Yes. Holy cow! Yep. That is, that's amazing. So how did they meet? Um, they met in a bar on dates with other people. Say that again. They met in a bar on dates with other people. So your mom was on a date with a guy. Yep. Your dad was on a date with a woman. Uh-huh. How did they find each other? My dad winked at my mom. He my, winked at your mom? Uh-huh. Yeah. And my mom winked back. And my dad sent the confirmation wink. Was that, is that the third wink? It's to third be like, wink. yes, I got your wink. Yep, that's uh, that's where I got the sweet skills that I had in, in high school. Yeah. So he'd uh, been to the gas station, he'd too. He'd been to the gas station, probably Cologne, yeah. get a 
So okay. they met. So they met in my and uh, somebody came in, distracted my mom's date, and so my dad did a like. Go, let's go to the back. Because they both worked at the same hospital, my mom in the credit union and my dad in the... Uh, but they didn't know each other. They didn't know each other. But they kind of knew of each other. They'd never met. And uh, they ended up making out in the back of this bar while my dad had his date and uh, my mom had her date. And this was in November 30th, 1979. Smooth. Smooth. And my, my dad kept saying to my mom, which I now know what this means, uh, I just want to buy you breakfast. Let me take you out for breakfast. He's you trying just to, get, to sleep with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, as it turns out. Um, and my mom said, well, you have somebody here. You, What are you going to do? My dad's like, I'm going to get rid of her. So he goes up to his date and says, I'm so sorry. I just, I feel really sick. So she's like, I'll take you home. And he said, no, I'll, I'll get a ride from somebody else. So then he's standing by. So she leaves and he's standing by the exit. Like, you know, I, I can imagine like chest out. Look what I've done. And my mom's date comes up to him. It's like you need to leave her alone. And my, the thing that further complicates it is my mom's date was my dad's boss. And so my dad, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your mom was on a date with your dad's boss. Yeah. He was in, my dad was in an x-ray tech at the, uh, so they, so then your dad is trying to steal his boss's date. Yeah. So he tells to my, buy he, her breakfast. Yeah. All right. Made out with her after he'd made out. With yeah. Her. He'd already made out with her. Um, and my dad said, fine. You have one month to put a ring on her finger. So the next Monday, he ignores her. He ignores my mom for three weeks because he hears because my mom was a, a single mom, and she'd already your older sister. And she yeah, she yeah. she'd been divorced, and her ex husband wanted to try again. And so when my dad found out that um, my mom's first husband was trying to get back in the picture, and his boss wasn't doing anything, my dad asked my mom out. Uh, one of their first couple of dates was he took her to Christmas Eve dinner at my grandparents' awesome. house. Uh huh. He proposed to her on New Year's Eve. They were they met married. on November 30th. They met on November 30th. They were married February 14th. They were married on Valentine's. On Valentine's Day courthouse wedding with a small reception. Uh, so less than three months. They're they, still married. They're still married. They married on lust. My mom and dad will both be the first to to share that. My part of it was like my dad was also afraid that if he didn't act then. Uh, he would lose my mom because she had, you know, not only was this her first husband who was trying to come back, but it was the father of my, my older sister. Yeah. And so the stakes were really high and there was a lot of lust. And so they fell in, they fell in deep, deep. And how has that progressed over the years? Um, I would say in like any long-term partnership, um, I've been fortunate, and I'll say the word fortunate really specifically, to watch my parents fall in and out of love. What do you mean by that? It's given me a realistic view of what partnership is, what long-term partnership is. Okay. And it is hard, and it requires work, and it requires thoughtful work. Um, you know, I'm in my 30s now, and I think about my partnership, and I love Aaron, mm-hmm. and we our 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 lives complement each other so well but i also know that she's going to be there for the hard stuff because i'm looking at the hard stuff i'm looking at the last uh, third or quarter of my parents life and i'm going to like how old are they now 63 and 65 so and they're in healthy condition according to my mom her doctor said that she has a 35 year old heart which my dad says bullshit but 
I was like, Dad, if Mom's heart is, is 35, what is yours? It's like, probably 95. My dad's the younger of the two. He's the younger one. Yeah. Oh. But with her 35-year-old heart, she's a little insufferable. She's a little <laughs> insufferable for him? Yeah, of course. She's like, well, Jeffrey, my heart is only 35. Oh. I mean, it sounds really cute when you say it like it that. It is cute, and that means that her she her heart wasn't born when they fell in love. No, it wasn't. <laughs> so, they've fallen in and out of love. They Does that mean that they fight? Yes. What, 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 tell me about that. Um, I would say my parents are both Scorpios. That's October? Yeah, the end of October or November. Oh, my yeah, sister's the, a Scorpio. They're fire signs. Yeah, okay. Um, so you can suspect how, you know, one, one of the ways that I would often preface or prepare a partner when they would come over to meet my family for the first time is, listen, we laugh loud, we love loud, and we fight loud. Yeah, that's true, I think. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and my parents are no exception. They fight loud. Yelling. Yeah. My parents yelled a lot. And uh, did you guys ever, did you ever say to them, like, if you guys, something to the effect of, if you guys fight so much, then why are you together? Of course. In high school, I remember a particularly big fight when I was a senior in high school about to go to college. Mm-hmm. And they were having a really nasty argument. And I think they had threatened, they'd, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, well, why are we doing this anymore? Why are, you know, should we even be together? They're saying, They're that, saying that in, in, in different fra- phrases and not, 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 not so eloquent or yes. nice. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting on the stairs and saying, well, if you're going to divorce, just do it already because I'm going to college and I'd like to get better financial aid. And then my younger sister was like, how dare you, Lauren? And I was like. And so you were she, trying to be funny. I was, I've, uh, yes, I've tried, I was trying to be funny. to deal funny. with the pain and the sadness with humor, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, at that time, certainly, yeah. certainly. So you, you what, seventeen, eighteen when yeah. this was going on? They were did you not. Just they so did not get to it. Yes, you were just numb to it by that point. And it's, and I was so numb to it, and I also had adopted their conflict styles and their lack of conflict. And so what I sometimes see is a lack of conflict resolution. They've gotten better about that in their old age. Um, but when I graduated college, and parts in college, but when I got to Chicago, I realized that I was a. I was somebody who was emotionally abusive, um, verbally abusive to, to my partners. your partners. Yeah, okay. because I I thought it would be okay if you yell and scream. I used to be very much the same yeah. way. And I remember a like one of my first relationships, and 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 when I got to Chicago, we had this awful argument, and I sat in the car and cried. And I, this wasn't leading into sadness. This was just being sad, and I was so sad at the way that I talked to somebody that I loved. You feel a lot of guilt. Yeah. And so I found, I've started to find that sadness is a catalyst. What and like sadness drove that, that sadness, that sadness in myself, that sad, like for this partner who I was hurting, that drove me to, to therapy to um, really always answer, ask the question, what am I trying to achieve? Um, so when I, if I go back to remember we were talking earlier about in college, like angry thumbs. Yeah. Yeah. What I was trying to achieve was to hurt somebody because you had been hurt. Yes. And I don't have a right to hurt anybody else, but you felt in that moment because you were emotional. Yeah. Of course I have the right to do this. You did this to me. Yeah. And it took two and a half years of therapy once a week, every week to know that like I'm allowed to feel pain and Mm. I'm allowed to hold somebody accountable if they've hurt me, but I can't respond to hurt with hurt. Sure. 
And, that, and you think you learned that from your parents? Responding with her to her with her? Yeah. Yes. And also because I was my first big breakups were so secretive that I didn't really process how to how to handle one, how to go through a breakup healthy. And so I think about that a lot now with generation today. Yes. Um, and we think about school shootings. And we think about what, like, I think about all of the emotions I felt in high school. And now I imagine if I was also dealing with the internet at that time. Oh, I can't imagine. And Signs suck. Who sucks? Signs. Signs. Yeah, astrological signs. Oh, astrological signs. I got you. Yeah, no. I'm a Taurus. What are you? I'm a Sagittarius. Sagittarius. Okay. So, yes, the internet is just... But I think a lot about with the work that I do with storytelling around, well, how can we help generations now uh, with healthy conflict resolution? With storytelling. And often are these stories about conflicts in somebody's life? Well, every good good story has got to have conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, I have now, you know, through care, like trying to really figure out like how to have healthy conflict resolution and to always be thinking, what am I trying to achieve? Um, are you able to still think that even when you're like emotional? Yes. One, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I have a partner who, if I'm really sad or really angry, um, and even if I, I try to have a good old fashioned fight with her. Yeah. And, and, and she refuses she refuses to get in, give in. She just refuses. She's Isn't just, that fucking maddening? Well, yeah, because she'll say, I don't want to fight with you. And you know what's really hard? Having a fight with somebody who doesn't want to have a fight with you. My, it takes out all of the pleasure of a good old-fashioned fight. My sister and I talk about this all the time, and I grew up in a very similar type of situation. Yeah. Uh, my parents are still growing strong. Yeah. No, they're not. But, yeah. I mean, they're, of course, both still alive. But yeah. they, they got divorced when I was eight. Yeah. And, um, they're not going to, no, 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 no. But I am, if I'm with a a partner in a relationship, I want to fight. And when I get mad and if they often, they're like, I I can't do this. And they have every right to get away from it. And I just, Kelly and I, my sister, uh, who will be on in a few weeks. Um, we, are like, why won't you just fucking fight with me? Yeah. Because that's what you, that's what I want. And when people right. say I'm not going to fight with you, it's just even more mad. Yeah. I'm going back to country music, which is so sad that we were talking about the Pistol Annie song earlier yeah. this week. You and I were. No, um, what, which song is it? It's called uh, Best, Best, Best Years of, of These uh, Best Years of our, of My Life. Yeah. Um, but there's really a, good song. that's a great song. But the last song called This Too Shall Pass, uh-huh. and it starts with like, if you think you're, if you're doing something right, then it's only because I want a good old fashioned fight. Like, and, it, and it's just, it's all about like this, this too shall pass. And like, yes, we're right, but the, we're right for each other. But the thing that I want right now is just to fight with you. Yeah. And yeah, with Erin, I try to fight with her so much and she'll be like, have you had any water today? And you want to know what sucks is when you're like, no, I haven't had any water. Yeah, yeah. Is often she had... won't. She does not engage. She... No. Well, now I'm, I'm a little mad. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing Just is, is, yeah, she her her father passed away at a young age, so she'll sometimes talk about the she didn't watch her parents fight because her she, her father passed away when she was five. I grew up watching my parents fight. Yep. I grew up watching my parents fall in love. 
Sorry, did you see an exhaustion on your parents a lot? Of course. They, they had three kids that were so young and close to each other's age. Well, that yeah. loss. Yeah. There you go. But, I mean, like, after they would fight, did they, would they come to you? Mm, not then. Certainly now. And now as they're older, and you, you said, uh, you know, you were talking about Aaron, you and Aaron, she'll be there for the hard times. One of the things you mentioned was when your parents yeah. get older and pass away. Do you think a lot about that? I do. I think about, I, I, I get bouts of existential dread. About their death? Yes. And Which I, I, I mean, it's, it's, that's rooted in our healthcare system. Yeah. It's rooted in, I, I work in nonprofit. I'm, I, we, we are growing up in a generation like, have you had a, a friend do a GoFundMe because of, um, an unexpected medical tragedy? I know people. Yeah. And nobody has been a close friend of yeah. mine, but yes, of course. Yeah. Um, I think about that oftentimes with my parents around, like, if something serious were to happen to them, how am I going to be able to support them? Uh, in the way that my mom, my mama lived with my parents at the end of her life. And like that, that was what you do. You take care of your mm -hmm. family. Yeah. And over the holidays, my dad, my dad and I had a, a fight about it's a wonderful life. Really? Yeah. Which is I my, I love that movie. It's and Aaron and I took my parents to the double feature at the music box of uh, white Christmas and it's a wonderful life. And we're watching it's a wonderful life. And I think so much of the movie still holds up. Sure. Um, you know, the, the, no man is a failure who has friends. Uh -huh. um, but he's seeing Clarence, right? And it's the end of the movie and he's going, he's running around and he, and, and, and we've found out that his brother died. And because his brother died, all of the men in, in, in World War World War II mm -hmm. died. His mom is, is devastated and sad and she runs a boarding house. Yep. You know, the, um, the, the man who owned the bar is... He's an angry... Yeah, guy. and the, Mr. Gower is a, is a drunk because he poisoned a kid. And he's like, tell me about Mary. Tell me about Mary. And Clarence is like, you're not going to like this, George. And he's like, what? She's a maid. Yeah. And everybody bursts out laughing in the theater, including myself, because what Mary is a librarian and she has glasses. And this is the worst possible thing right, that we could think to have happened yeah. to, to Mary Hatchet, right? Yeah. Like, and so we laugh, and that is something that my dad takes so much offense to. Why you've never laughed before, you never laughed before. And the way that I tried to equate it was like, Dad, um, when we discovered electricity, were people expected to still be in the dark? Mm -hmm. But he wouldn't let it go, and kept bringing it up, kept bringing it up. Did he fight with you like he fights with your mom? Mm, no, 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 no. Because no. okay. they, they like to one-up each other. Oh, okay. They like to really go at it. And we just had this really terrible argument of trying to, to to really see each other's side and me trying to say like dad like through a 2019 lens this that this feels really dated that the worst thing that happened to mary is she has glasses i also don't believe that there's a library in pottersville like that feel right that's I, the biggest tragedy of them all yeah but the, i mean I'm, it's not tragic that there's still a library it's just surprising well, I'm saying if there wasn't a library. Oh, yes, that would be. So, yes. you know, that's silver lining. They still have a library. Yeah. And we, so then the next day it's Christmas and we're watching family videos and they're playing videos of my first Christmas. 
and I was born around the holidays. I was born December 4th. And, you know, my mom, my parents were 30 and 33 when, or 30 and 32 when they had me. And I was just so sad watching them and how young they look and how full of hope they are. And so then I went home and I thought, why are you fighting over something so silly with people that you don't have enough time with? And that's, and then, you know, my partner, God, she, I picked her up from the airport that morning. So she was, uh, this was after Christmas, you know, two days later. And I just sat in the living room and cried. And I sent them, I called them both. And I said, I'm so sorry that I let my, uh, my need to be right. Cloud what's really important. And I'm so sorry that I, I sometimes am the PC police, which there are certain things that are non-negotiables for me, but I could be a little more kind to my parents. And I don't know how many Christmases I have left with them. And so that was something that I was just overwhelmed watching these videos. And, you know, my mom, like, she, she pulls out this little red box and it's from Saks Fifth Avenue. And my parents didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. But she's just so proud. This is in the video. In the video, yeah, yeah, with me crawling around. And yeah, you just... There's a, there's a great song, and I could not remember, but it's... Uh, Nights feel long, but life is fast. Time. Um, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. And you so, just... It, it, was there a nostalgia in that too? Oh my gosh, of course. And well, you look at you, you watch a video next to your parents who the 32 years have elapsed since that, and their life looks really different. And they get to look back at the life they've made, but they know that their time is limited, you know. And then looking at young versions of my mom and dad. And now, then there are times where I'm like, was it worth it? That's no, okay. Don't touch me again. I won't. Uh, do you, when you called them and apologized, did you, um, did you tell them that you have this existential yeah. dread about losing them? Of course. And what was their response? Oh, you know, I have a pretty, a fairly morbid family. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. So my younger sister has taken because she knows that she knows my parents, you know, not that we're burying them already, but she has gone around and written her name under items yeah. in the house yeah. that she wants to have. Yeah. Uh, she'll go as far as to write to Amy from mom and dad on things that like they wouldn't, we don't think would go to her, but she's already claimed them. Kelly and I do that. Yeah. Type of right. Thing. Um, yeah. Like, Oh, I get this. I get this. And they know this. They know that they're not going to be around much. I mean, so much that with other, with past partnerships, they're like, Lauren, you know, this is the person that you're going to be spending your life with. It's not us. If past partnerships haven't gotten along with my family and I have the family that you, you marry the person, you marry the family. I think it's very true. Knowing the little bit I do of your family. Yeah. 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 So, um, and what was their reaction when you you said that? Oh, they, they, I think they're, they were my, my parents are always thankful when I recognize that I'm being a know-it-all. Mm. Um, 
And this goes back to healthy conflict resolution. They had already moved on. And I, I, I believe that an apology is an acknowledgement of what I did wrong and an, a recognition that I'll work to do better next time. I think in, in many families, and mine is no exception, an apology is an opportunity to move on. Are you able to do that when you apologize for something? Are you able to say, okay, I made a mistake, I've apologized, I'll move on, or do you linger on it? Oh, it, I mean, it, um, I, an unhealthy mix of both. Yeah. I, have, I struggle with that a lot. I, I, I struggle with the fact that I make mistakes, and that sounds really cliche, but it's like, I, I feel like I shouldn't do anything wrong. And then mm-hmm. when I do make a mistake because I'm a human being, I then apologize and then I still sit with it when that, and that's not fair to the other person either. Cause you're yeah. taking their agency away from them. Right. I think, um, you know, if I may about your parents getting older, when my grandma was dying in the hospital, mm-hmm. um, she was intubated and she couldn't because she had uh, emphysema. She couldn't breathe, and they, yeah. they had a she had tubes, so she couldn't speak. And when I came in to see her, I brought her a Cubs hat because she taught me all about baseball and Cubs, and we watched the Cubs together all the time. And she was kind of you could tell she was happy. But her and my grandfather married fifty nine years and um, fought, just snipping at each other all the fucking time. I remember one night my grandfather was hard hearing and the whole family was there. This is before she was in the hospital. And Kelly, my sister and I slept on cots in their bedroom and I was shifting a lot on the cot and it made a creaky mm-hmm. noise. And my grandfather kept going, what is that noise? Cause he, he couldn't, he couldn't hear, but he yeah. could hear that. And my grandma was like, it's the kids on the cots. It's the kid. And he goes, I don't know what you're saying. And she said, ah, go to hell. And then <laughs> I didn't move for the rest of the night. And, uh, But when my grandfather would come into the hospital room, her heart rate would go up and her hand would go like this and he would take her hand. And I, Mm -hmm. and I think about what you said about your parents and about all the sadness that they've had and all all that, but they have that connection and of course, and they're never going to leave each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, my parents have buried children. They buried both of their parents together. Children. My my mom and my mom had nine pregnancies and she has four kids. So they wanted to have kids shortly after they got married. They, mm-hmm. You know, Angela was five. They didn't have me until I was eleven, or until Angela was eleven. Six years. Yeah. yeah. So they went through a lot of hardship um, that I think defined a lot of their marriage. But like that's, I had to officiate. I have not had to. I was asked to officiate my brother's wedding. This uh, to October 2017, 2017. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I should know when they were born. October 2017. And the thing that I talked about was like the wedding, like this is not, you're, you're signing up for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of boring Wednesdays. Uh-huh. Or boring Thursdays. Or boring Thursdays or boring weeks. Like yeah. it's not the the honeymoon it's the 18th vacation when you're stuck in line with screaming kids who have to go to the bathroom but you're close to being to the front of the roller coaster right it's the it is the bearing your parents it is the how are we going to pay for this it's like obviously it's coupled with a lot of light and a lot of love but man there's so much darkness 
Did you talk about this at the ceremony? Yeah, and turns out it was still a hit. Of course it was a hit. That's real talk, right? Well, because when you think about like what the soundtrack of, of a life is, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of tears. It's a lot of sad. It's a lot of time yeah. winning because mm-hmm. time always wins. I have to ask over there, no. what do we got coming in? Anything at all? Yeah. I mean, you want to ask them and look at the camera and talk to them. Huh? What do you guys got? I, I unfortunately can't see it. Uh, but obviously, Lauren is kind of, she's told us a lot of, you know, pretty dark shit uh, and now pretty honest raining. stuff. And now it's raining, right? Uh, just <laughs> yes, like the beginning. And uh, I, I appreciate it because that's not easy stuff to talk about. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm so happy that you took that sadness as a motivator. Or mm-hmm. it wasn't motivator. What was the word you used? Catalyst. Catalyst. And, and I remember when you did go through therapy. Uh, yeah. I, I'm still in it. Uh, I've been going for 29 years. I'll figure it out one of these days. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, does this sound like anything? I mean, I figure that people, everybody heard their parents fight. Everybody's going to lose their parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. These universal. aren't things that make, yeah, it's exactly. That's what I was going to say. This is not something that makes me. If you had a measure, and I think it's a good question for both of you. What has been harder, becoming an adult, like a true adult, mm-hmm. or actually being an adult? Being an adult? Like, you know, we all go through kind of our our path, and I think those stories are very, they can be different, but can be very the same. Yeah. But which one's been harder? Oh, man. I, I think... It, I can make the argument for both, but I think being an adult is probably in the end harder because it's, it's, it's about accepting who you are with your flaws Mm -hmm. and trying to do better. Whereas at least for me, when I was quote, becoming an adult, we'll say college, uh, I had a safety net, an emotional safety net. Um, and I always had time ahead of me and I don't feel that as much, even though I'm still young. I think about that a lot, how I feel like I don't have the possibility I did then. So I think it's harder for me because time is being taken away. What about you? I, so it's very much reversed for me. I think my path to becoming an adult was largely, I mean, it was delayed. It was mid-20s to almost 30s. I was a whole long time of becoming an adult and figuring out how to have healthy conflict resolution, how to be okay with my own identity. Mm-hmm. how to be okay with the way that I exist in the world. I mean, it's very sad to walk around. Um, so you would say you were a kid till you were 30. That's a, yeah. Well, I mean, the way I would fight, certainly. Certainly. I'm, I mean, I, I will sometimes joke about, you know, when we have to pay bills and rent and what am I going to cook for dinner? Oh, gosh, being an adult is so hard. Oh, this term adulting, which I don't really like. Yeah. Yeah. Just being a person. But the path to becoming who I am today is hard, mu- was much harder than existing as who I am today. Yeah, that's well said. And there's probably a lot more confidence and a lot more self-awareness now mm-hmm. than when you were coming into what you are. And, and you'll probably say the same thing 10 years from now. Sure. Oh, yes. My, my thing, what I love about life is every time I think I was like, okay, got it, figured it out, good spot, life just... 
just fucking says, you don't know shit. It's true. And then it just beats you the fuck down. Every time. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, uh, <laughs> what else we got? Anything else over there? Oh, no. I think we're about ready to pass it back to the T-Bick. Yeah. Um, well, uh, thanks for everybody for coming out, for sure. Yeah. Lauren, thanks for coming out and talking. Thank you for having me. Um, and uh, let's not be this close to each other again. I hope not. Okay. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.